You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. The Leadership Gap. The Leadership Gap. The Leadership Gap. The Leadership Gap. A podcast of unboring conversations and practical tools intended to have you bridge your own leadership gaps. We're your hosts, Jonathan Miller and Laura Banks. Are we recording now? We are recording. Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to The Leadership Gap, the coolest leadership podcast on the planet. Not to be confused with the coldest podcast on the planet. The coolest. Today's topic is all about self-care. It was inspired by a conversation that John had with one of his clients who asked a question, how can you tell the difference between being selfish versus caring for yourself? So today we're going to talk about three major mindsets that are actually getting in the way of that self-care that we all know that we need deep down. Yeah, uh, this is really cool because we really broke this down and uh, like the self-care versus self selfish topic. And we actually picked out three major things that uh, we could identify that gets in the way of that. So it was kind of a cool exploration for us, too. We learned a lot about ourselves. <laughs> yeah. And I would also say that what I love about this topic is as we explored it, what I really think we're going to get to the root of in this conversation around self-care is actually what's getting seriously getting in the way because I think a lot of us know about maybe we've heard of like the whole put on your oxygen mask first and then the other person Hmm. and I know for for a fact that I like know that intellectually and still I don't always take care of myself first yeah for some of us like taking care of others is kind of like a habitual thing we fall into that's right so we really want to get to the root of this and these three major mindsets are going to do exactly that So in order, so the way that we wanted to start this today was actually by defining self-care, just to make sure we're all on the same page about what it means. Yeah. So it's basically just the, the general things that you take on to make sure that you're happy and healthy and operating at your best. So it really means taking care of yourself at like the physical, mental, and emotional level. So why we're talking about this today and why this is especially important in regards to leadership. This is the Leadership Gap podcast after all. And I think that the, the, this, the quote that really captures the essence of why this is important is by RuPaul. Laura, what, what, how's that quote go again? I think you should say it. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. And I believe the quote is, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love anybody else? Some wise words. Can I get an amen? Amen. (laughs) And especially as founders of social impact businesses or even just any entrepreneurs or leaders of organizations, uh, it's really just it's really important to, you know, take care of yourself. We don't want to create a whole a whole bunch of martyrs going on around the world. That's not going to be helpful. As my coach once said to me, martyrdom is so 2012. So 2012. (laughs) So this might might sound something along the lines of if I had more time, then I could do some things to refill my cup, or if I was just getting my work done more quickly, then I'd be happy or relaxed or fulfilled. Or maybe you've set boundaries in the past for yourself, but you just can't seem to stick to them. These are all super common things we hear when we approach the topic of self-care with people. Also, probably a little bit from ourselves as well. Yeah, definitely from ourselves as well. 
And honestly, we get it. Like most of us have some version of time poor or we're not being productive enough. That's guilty of charge on my part. Um, or maybe we're pr prioritizing others over ourselves. And there's probably some level of guilt or shame accompanying that. Some kind of shooting. And that's super common. Yeah, shooting all over the place. Very common. So that's why today we want to talk about why it's so common to neglect the self-care aspect and what we can do about it. And we want to put forward this idea that there's actually three mindsets, three common mindsets that are really blocking us and having us ignore our self-care. Yeah, these mindsets are like the root uh, are at the root of like these behaviors, this yeah. behavior of not taking care of ourselves. Yeah, and really, and, and any behavior in general usually has to do with our mindset, right? Yeah. Mindset number one, taking care of myself is selfish. And that's actually a limiting belief. Yeah, a limiting belief is a belief that we hold that um, is basically inherited by us from our culture, the media around us, maybe our communities. It's a belief that we kind of were born into, if you will, and that we now hold as ourselves. And beliefs are really tricky because we can't, especially with the limiting ones, we can't always see them. And the thing with beliefs is that they're not actually real. <laughs> they're not actually... What? Yeah, bear with me here. If you think about what a belief is, a belief is just a as Tony Robbins described, I love this definition, is a crystallized thought. It's a thought that you've had a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of times to the point where it's become like crystallized and it it seems so real. Yeah. And I, like we want to be clear that limiting, there are limiting beliefs and then like there are beliefs. Some beliefs we have serve us. But what we want to be really mindful of is when we hold beliefs that actually weren't chosen by us. Like that's where the kind of, I guess, quote, to be dramatic, like danger lies. That's yeah. right. So we want to really distinguish this limiting belief of taking care of myself is selfish. So what this looks like is I might not set boundaries for myself. And that includes I'm just not saying no. I'm not saying what I what I don't like what I don't want. Or even or, what you do like. Yeah, or, or not taking time for myself or even just not taking breaks when I need them. So that's me not setting boundaries. I might try setting those boundaries, but I don't keep the boundaries. Like I don't respect the boundaries that I set. So you like write them in your journal somewhere and then you go like and work with your team or like uh, an investor or something and ultimately you have the intention of of setting the boundaries and keeping the boundaries, but they're just kind of falling by the wayside. Yeah. So what that so what's really happening in the background there is that when I do that, I am collapsing definitions. I'm collapsing self care and selfish. Like I'm making them one and the same, but they're not. That no. we, we talked about self care as taking care of yourself physically, emotionally. Uh, emotionally, mentally. mentally, thank you. Yeah. But selfish, the definition of selfish is lacking consideration for others. Right. And so when we when we looked up the definition of selfish, it was very obvious that they don't mean the same thing. Like right. taking care of yourself mentally, emotionally, and physically does not equal lack of consideration for others. That's right. You can take care of yourself and be considerate towards others. You can be considerate towards others and not take care of yourself. And yeah. you can take care of yourself and not be considerate towards others. Did I already say that? So they're pretty like 
Yeah, they're just they're, they're two sep- distinct they're, things. They're separate. So they're, they're not different. even really even related. So get this. Can I say y'all? Yeah. Y'all. Get this, y'all. We propose a new way of thinking about taking care of ourselves. Get this. <laughs> not taking care of ourselves impacts how we serve others and run our businesses. For whatever reason, I want to say runs our businesses. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. <laughs> It runs our businesses. (laughs) Not taking care of ourselves impacts the way that we run our business and our lives. That's right. And how we relate to others. Yeah. And on the flip side. Taking care of ourselves actually allows us to serve others around us more effectively and build our businesses better. And that's that's, that's huge. I wonder if we can just break this down with a couple of examples. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm thinking about when it impacts me when I'm not taking care of myself. For example, I might be getting on the phone with a potential partner. And if I'm feeling tired uh, or burnt out or even just like hungry, I mean, I'm not going to be on my game. I'm not going to be bringing my best. And I'm just not going to maybe have the best call, the most compelling call with this potential partner. Sometimes what happens with me is I like have a stellar call, but then right after, like I'm a total bitch to you because like I'm just like all of my energy has like gone into, you know, trying to impress this other person, right? So even if it doesn't impact your business directly, it's impacting literally everything around you. Yeah, there's always there's always that risk there that it's either going to impact like the business or in your personal life. So that's always there. And both are really important. We want to really stress that. And on the flip side, you know, if I'm taking care of myself and I have, you know, filled up my cup per se, I'm just going to be really effective at my job. I'm going to be really effective in my relationships. I'm going to be really effective, you know, leading a team, for example. I'm going to be bringing that that motivation, those creative juices, whatever it is, whether I'm introvert or extrovert, doesn't matter. I get to bring my best self, and that means that I get to do better work. Yeah, your brain's working better, and your relationships are working better, and, you know, business and life happen in relationships. So that's why we're taking on the challenge, we encourage you to do the same thing here, is to hold this new belief. Taking care of myself is considerate to other people. Well, That's a big one. It's a tough one to swallow. <laughs> no, it's great. Okay. So the second mindset we want to approach is the savior mindset. Yeah. Super common. Sounds like people need my help. They can't do it without me. It's my duty to take care of others. And this is a belief that may or may not be limiting, but it's driving our behavior, which may or may not be conscious to us. Like Kind of like what we said before. It's a, it can be a limiting belief. So how this shows up, and this one is super personal for me because mm-hmm. I just hop into the savior mindset all of the time. You can ask Laura right here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so how this shows up for me is like I'm spending a lot of my time taking care of other people's work and their lives instead of taking care of my own. And I'm not making the time to take care of my own. And ultimately, the risk is that there's resentment that shows up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there could be like worries about hurting people's feelings. Obviously, you want to be like compassionate, empathetic. But there's like, you know, uh, an other focus instead of a balanced focus between other and self. Yeah, I think that there's that balance piece that's kind of what's missing here. Yeah, and so what's happening when we get into this kind of mindset of the savior is that we disempower people. 
we turn them into victims of their circumstances, and this creates a vicious cycle that we're constantly having to save them from. That's the, I think that's the trickiest part of this mindset, is it actually reinforces the belief that we have to save them. So I might hop into savior mode, I save them, and then I prove myself right that I had to save them, and then I continue to do it because I have all this evidence that I need to save them. <laughs> yeah, you're literally like, well, we, when we hop into savior mode, like I'm literally creating victims for me to save. Yeah. This is, of course, barring anyone who legitimately needs taken care of. Yeah, absolutely. And so the main point that like, I want to hit home here is that if, if I hold the belief that people can't function without me, then I just spend all my time taking care of other people instead of taking care of myself. It's yeah, that simple. Yeah, and sacrificing your time. Exactly. That you would normally use to take care of yourself. So imagine this example. Say I'm a marketing professional and I, do, I design websites or something like that. And I have a client who weeks ago was supposed to be sending me all these files to get by a certain date. And of course, it's Friday. It's the evening. Ooh. And I am just getting all the files now. And I am just so keen and desperate to handhold these clients and make sure that they have like successful they launches. Their, they make their deadline. Yeah, because because you know I like my clients and I really want them to succeed. And so now I end up sacrificing my whole weekend doing this website because I want to save them and their business. Yeah, and that's kind of a tricky one because that's how we operate. Yeah. That's how we. That's how our society operates. That's right. Without strong boundaries and integrity. Yeah. So. So what would you say about that? Well, I would say you're not that that relates to the first point that you're not setting boundaries, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you set a clear boundary and now you have the mentality of, well, I'm going to save this person because I'm going to take care of them. That's it. That's the savior. But it's, what if that impacts your business? That's right. So it's about setting boundaries. Mm -hmm. I think it's it's all kind of interrelated. All right. all the all these three mindsets. I can but. see how it's a trap for people though, right? Because like, especially this hand-holding example where it's like your, like their, their um, inability to meet a deadline now impacts your business and actually your built relationship and your built trust between them. Yeah. Like if you operate from such a, from, from the, from a practice of, um, I'm going to do what it takes no matter what, even if it's sacrificing my weekend so that this client gets it out on time, then that is the foundation in which your business with them is operating under. And I can imagine also a situation where I'm doing that. And it's it's pretty tough, too, because then if I, yeah, if I say no, like they won't like that. Yeah. And I'm setting a precedent. Exactly. They know that they can run over my boundaries and that I'm going to save them. Yeah. Right? So there's a there's like a, a underneath it all, there's like a lesson. There's a communication there. Yeah. That's like this is this kind of behavior is okay. Yeah. And also you're setting kind of like a habit for yourself. Like this kind of behavior is okay for all of my clients yeah. moving forward. Yeah. So that's kind of a wild impact that we hadn't really unpacked yeah it's not that's not in the notes <laughs> so what what we're proposing is like the, the teach a man to fish strategy that uh, let's be more inclusive the teach a person 
to fish strategy. Like it. What would it be like if I thought that everyone around me was as capable as me? And I invite you know our listeners to think about the same thing. What if we all believed that everyone around us was as capable as us, right? So they were as resourceful as us. They always made the best decision for themselves. And that we acted as a sounding board instead of a savior. Mm. And in our experience, like as coaches, treating people like that actually have them step into that mode. So they actually, in fact, are as resourceful as you. They are making the best decisions for themselves with the resources that they have. And you are there to hold them to that standard. That's like real coach mode. And you don't need to be a coach to stand in coach role. That's right. And so that that perfectly lines up with this new belief that we're trying on. And we're going to encourage you to, same, to, uh, to do the same with this belief is this belief that people are resourceful. And by not saving them, we actually give them a chance to grow. And with this new belief, our intention is to have us to be able to better set and hold boundaries around our time and our energy so that we have time to take care of ourselves. And I think one one thing I want to point on is this last part of this belief that I mentioned is, is around this idea of having them grow. I yeah. think that's like a really powerful, um, a really powerful thing to to make note of when you're either leading a team For or, sure. or even leading a client because you, you A, you want your team to grow mm-hmm. and B, you want your clients to grow as well because if they're growing and learning, they're going to be better clients as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're like training them to be like the best clients possible. That's right. So this is a, an extremely helpful belief to, to take on. And staff, obviously. You want to, you know, hold your staff to a standard That's of, right. you know, excellence. That's right. Okay. So rounding off, we're on to... Mindset number three, mindset, yep. mindset number three is I don't have time to prioritize myself and my work. Who has time for that? Who has time for both those things? <laughs> and really, you know, yeah, I guess we do have a finite amount of time on this planet. So this may seem very true. Oh, my gosh. This was like a huge conversation. We, this this guys, unpacked... our conversation of, oh, I said guys. Y'all, our conversation about time. This is it, like went off the rails. We're going to we're going to unpack this in the next like 5 minutes. <laughs> and listen, we're not going to we actually had to come to a compromise because like our perceptions around time are very inherited and limited, but yeah. we came to a, a good compromise. Yeah, we're going to summarize this in the next 5 minutes. If you want the full conversation, we're releasing a 10-part audiobook <laughs> in the next 3 years. Uh, it's going to take three years to get it all conversations out. Conversations on around, time. Conversations on time. By and level seven leadership. That's right. This is what we would call scarcity thinking around time. Like That's what it is. It's just that time is scarce. I don't have enough of it. And so that's how it shows up in my life. Yeah, you can't do it all. Yeah, and ultimately this is a limiting belief as well. That's right. That we don't have, that I don't have enough time to do my work and my self-care. Yeah, you're actually at the effect of time with that with that thought process. Like you are, I mean, no one likes to hear this, but like you're a victim. Ooh, the V word. Oh, don't scary. use that word. Um, you're a victim to your t- the time that you have on the planet. That's right. And I know for me, the way that this shows up, because this is something that I know I deal with regularly is kind of like this time scarcity. And the way that shows up for me is I'm rushed. 
I'm impatient. And ultimately, when I'm rushed and impatient, not only am I not thinking clearly, but it ends up affecting my relationships. I know this has a huge impact on you when I'm rushed and impatient. Yeah, I'm like a little bit more relaxed around my time. Um, So this isn't such a big one for me. But yeah, it definitely impacts. Like you can tell when someone like doesn't want to be on the phone with you because they have something better to do, which is like happened a couple of times. Yeah, in, this like, happened. Networking. A little, this happened actually quite recently. We I won't didn't... name any names. Yeah, but um, yeah, definitely. Like you can tell when you're when you're speaking to someone who doesn't have the time. That's right, and and from that perspective as well, I'm thinking about this phone call that actually happened fairly recently for us, and. You know, this person also like and this is the same for me, like I'm not fully present. I'm not engaged and I am because I'm scarce in time because I'm thinking, oh, shoot, I don't have enough time. I'm actually not enjoying my experience. That means that in my brief flicker of life, my 80 something years that I'm going to live, there is like these lots of these moments where just like I'm not digging life. Yeah. And we're all about maximizing the enjoyment of life because you only got one of them. That's right. Supposedly. It's And I, <laughs> I think a great example of this, it's kind of like being on a roller coaster and then being on the roller coaster and the whole time thinking about the, the next... next roller coaster, which like doesn't happen a lot. No, because... unless you're on one of those like weird kitty ones. Yeah, then they're a little bit boring. <laughs> you want to think, but that's the time scarcity. You're like, oh, I'm wasting my time. I can't wait for this next roller coaster, even though I'm on this like one. I should have right got on the vortex instead of the fly. And for that's... those at Wonderland peeps, Toronto. Is it still that. called the vortex and the fly? I think. Maybe not the fly, actually. This is, by the way, so <laughs> just quick inside. We're inside baseball? Inside. We are, we are from around Toronto and Canada and um, northern, just north of Toronto. There is this amusement park called, and it used to be called Paramount Canada's Wonderland. And then they Paramount sold it. So now it's just called Canada's, Canada's Wonderland. Wonderland. And yeah. so all these rides All the had... rides were like named after mo- Paramount movies, like yeah. Top Gun and like, I don't know the other ones because Top Gun's like the biggest Yeah, Top one. Gun was a, that was a great ride too. Yeah. But now all the names have changed. So we're just- We we're... just like don't know. That's we're like, right. you know, calling the, we're still calling the Rogers Under the Sky Dome kind of thing. That's another inside that we now have to explain. <laughs> no, let's move on. So that's just some context for you. <laughs> So we're talking about this time scarcity, huge impact on your relationship and your enjoyment of life. And so what's actually happening, though, in the background that I'm not aware of when this happens is that there is an incorrect perception of time. Let me repeat Wait, that. What? Yeah. <laughs> is that there is an incorrect perception of time. We have a couple of contexts about time that aren't serving us. So the first one is that time is external to us, that we that time is something that we can have. That's an actual physical material thing in the world out there It's something that's finite and scarce. And it's something that we have to hold on to. Can, can we I, I would love to wrap myself in a cozy time sweater, but we can't do that. <laughs> If only time grew on trees. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I think I mentioned it before um, in that we are victims of time. No one likes to hear the word victim, but really that we're at the effect of time, that time is external and it is affecting our lives. But the fact is, is that we create how we use our day. Yeah, I'm creating my calendar. I I plan my own calendar. Like, 
I use my calendar and there are little time chunks that I fill my calendar with. So when you actually use a digital calendar or for those like old school like writers out there that those like planners, you know, love those planners. I mean, you're all about the bujo, so. Yeah. Anyway, so you got those planners and you got like the time blocks that you like can put your appointments in. That's actually you creating how you're going to use your time. You're creating your time. And what? And one quick point. I mean, like, I, you know, we have deadlines. Like, I have deadlines that I want to meet. And I'm running my own business. So I just want to make sure that, like, I'm putting the plan in the first place to meet these deadlines. And I get to choose the pace that I want to run my business. And I get to choose um, a lot of those things just around how I'm planning my calendar, planning my time. Yeah. Well, oh, my gosh. There's so many things to say about that in business because, like... You also have to create it with other people, like if you have investors or if you have stakeholders, like, you know, creating deadlines with with other people, like, require conversations about that. And it's your responsibility to have those conversations. That's right. I'm going to be the one that's going to take on those conversations. I just wanted to make sure that, like, that context was there because someone might think, like, well, I have all these other people setting my timelines for me. You know, there's always boundary setting That's in right. conversation. I agree. Yeah. And ultimately, those conversations, they may be difficult. But just to clarify and de- and uncollapse the fact that it's actually not about time. It's about difficult conversations, which is a whole other podcast. Yeah, we're not going to get into that. Yeah. So what I'm going to invite everyone to start to notice with me is, like, you know, I'm looking at my relationship with time when it comes to this mindset. Like, I'm constantly flowing in and out of this, like, scarcity mindset around time where I'm not sure how to prioritize my work and my self-care. And there's, like, an idea that you discovered for yourself that made a huge, huge impact in how you experience time. And it was, like, the the space versus time. Remember that? Yeah, this, this new idea that I had around time made a huge difference for me. And it's not like eradicating my time scarcity necessarily, but it gives me it a little a bit. Difference. It made a huge difference. It gives me some wiggle room, right? Some breathing room. And that, that's this idea of time versus space. And I started focusing on how much space that I'm willing to occupy in my day, my week, my month, my year with certain activities rather than my time. And that's easiest to see when I'm actually using a calendar. Like I can literally block my time off in little blocks. And I just, I have a certain amount of space that I can allocate for an activity. So I have a block of time set in my calendar. I have this space set off to record this podcast. And I'm gonna get as much done as I can in that space. Instead of thinking about it like time, like this external thing, I'm the creator of this space. And so I know for me that made a huge difference in thinking about my time. Yeah. And there's a whole other conversation to have there about, you know, what happens when you go past that time because we did today and like what that what that looks like. But ultimately, you still are the owner of your time rather than time owning. You. That's right. Um, exactly. Um So the new belief that uh, I want to leave you with that we're taking on is one that I create space to care for myself whenever I want. Try that on. Try that belief on. Yeah, you can even turn it into an affirmation if you're an affirmations kind of of person. Okay, so we're kind of rounding off this episode. I want to just quickly, we're going to quickly go back and summarize the three mindsets and the shifts to get to 
with each of these three mindsets. Okay, mindset number one, taking care of myself is selfish. And the new belief is taking care of myself is considerate to other people. The second mindset is that people need my help and they can't do without me. It's that savior mindset. And the new belief is that people are resourceful and by not saving them, I actually give them a chance to grow. That's a nice one. Yeah. And, one. and the third mindset, Laura, would you take us to the third <laughs> mindset? I don't have time to prioritize myself and my work. And the final new belief is I create the space to care for myself whenever I want. Okay, good. So we went through these three mindsets. Laura, my question left is, how the heck do I put these mindsets in place? Like, how do I like really remember this? How do I really transform these deeply ingrained beliefs into new things. Yeah, the how. The how is like always, you know, the big old question. To replace old beliefs with new ones, there's there's a practice that one needs to take on to shift those crystallized thoughts, break those crystals down a little bit, turn them into sand, and meld them into something new. I want to recommend to you a process called See It, Own It, Flip It. And here's how it goes. The first step is becoming aware of those thought patterns. You have to distinguish those limiting beliefs that we just talked about and when they're occurring throughout your day. So that's just becoming aware of the thoughts that are like related to those beliefs, basically. Yeah. And honestly, we when John and I are transforming old thought patterns into new ones, bringing awareness to those old ones might look something like understanding what you're saying to yourself during those times of scarcity or saviorism or um, collapsing of the thoughts and pulling those apart, really understanding what it is that the message you're telling yourself and then tracking how many times that message comes up in the various permutations throughout the day. Yeah, because it's never going to be like super crystal clear. And by the way, this process is like super messy. Like you're going to just, you're not like, I I know for myself, like I don't catch every time that I have these thoughts. And I do it over many weeks. Like it takes weeks, if not months to really start to shift some of these things, some of these thoughts. But the key, what I think we're trying to say here is that the, the seed of change is awareness. Yeah. And so the seeing it is that awareness piece. So you want to get an understanding of, you know, an example of like self-care versus selfish, like, or self-care is selfish. Like, what does that mean to you? What triggers feeling that selfish? What, how do you feel it in your body? What, what's the, what's the feeling behind that that message that you're telling yourself self-care is selfish where's the thought originating from is that something that you came up with or is it something that your mom told you you know so you want to really get a sense of what those messages are and how it's impacting your life yeah and then you want to ask yourself what it is that you want to think and feel and how you want to act instead so this is the flip it right What thought would serve you instead? How does that make you feel, that new thought? What actions would you rather be taking with these new thoughts? And I have actually found in my discovery of breaking down unhelpful thoughts and forming new thoughts is that it's really helpful to think about it um, on a sliding scale versus a, a 
I have this thought versus I don't have this thought. So what I mean by that is um, self-care is selfish might be your current thought. And self-care is considerate towards others, is on the other kind of like binary end. If that's something that doesn't resonate with you right away, then what's the thought that you can meet yourself in the middle with to kind of bring yourself to a neutral place if if it feels difficult to you on any given day? So just to recap that, I think that the main takeaway here is like three major steps. Yeah. Get awareness of those thoughts. Yeah. Be aware of where they come from, all that kind of stuff. The second thing is getting just get present to the impact. Like, how is that impacting you? Yeah, that's the own it part. That's the own it part. Mm-hmm. And the third step is really to actually flip it. It's to start changing those thought patterns into something different. It's all about choice here, having choice of how you want to show up rather than reacting to life. You're responding to life. Just to simplify it, taking taking away one action is to start gaining awareness of your thoughts, of your limiting beliefs. And I highly recommend doing this really through journaling. Yeah, I use I think journaling is really I really use helpful. a tracker. Like I have like a little note in my phone. And literally when I have one of these thoughts, um, I just choose one. I work on one at a time. And whenever I have these thoughts, I just do a little strike, do a little tick. Yeah, that's after you gain awareness of the thoughts, then you can start kind of like being more aware of how they're playing out in your actual day. So right. the first the first step is to get aware of what the thought is and then and then the second step is to track the thoughts. And Laura, I think what it really comes down to is just really making a commitment to self-care. Yeah. Really committing yourself that this is going to be my priority. I am no kidding going to make this like the real deal in my life. Yeah, if that is your commitment. I mean, we can have all sorts of different commitments. And, you know, taking on a commitment for self-care, if that's something that is, you know, your priority for the year or the next six months, then be have that be your number one commitment. No kidding. Yeah. And I know that for me, that's going to make a difference because right now I know that to care- take care of myself, I need a snack. <laughs> and, you know, for me, I have been burning myself out this week. So I think that this was a good topic to cover this week. That's me, right. That's for sure. So you go rest from your burnout. I'm going to have a delicious snack <laughs> and we'll see you next time. We'll catch you later. This podcast is brought to you by Level 7 Leadership, a leadership group who works with social impact entrepreneurs to develop their leadership skills so that they can take on the world's to-do list, minus the burnout. If you enjoyed today's podcast, you can subscribe and leave us a review. Oh, or send us an email. That'd be really fun. And for more information on what we do, you can check us out at level7.is. Music is by the very talented Shinogo. You can find him on Spotify or wherever you get your music.